All right, Daniel's here. No more hockey talk. Right. Everybody stop. Camera time. Trailer Park! What do we do? Nathan, we watch trailers. Five of them, to be exact. And we gauge trailer by trailer whether or not we are worried or nathan excited i'm worried i am excited holy shit i'm excited that's awesome i'm worried some might call us trailer predictor professionals tpp (laughs) you guys are buying into what they're selling like a pedophile selling candy from a van and you are already got your seatbelt on here comes pissy pants I, I gotta go worried. Sorry, everybody. Nathan? Yes? Andrew? Yes. Daniel? Can we get on with this fucking show? <laughs> Shaking it up a little for Trailer Park Podcast 118. I welcome my cousin in blood, Daniel, to the podcast. Say hello to uh, whoever the fuck is still listening to us. <laughs> well, my cousin in blood. That sounds so ritualistic. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> well, it is a bit of a ritual. Every once in a while, we get together, we hash out movies, we stroke each other's egos, we entertain you. 118th time, we will be sacrificing some form of small animal. And attacking the intern's confidence. Speaking of which, intern, please say hello. Wait a minute. (laughs) Don't think you get to go next. Amanda, welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. That was close. I almost introduced. I thought you were joking for a second. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, Intern, Uh. welcome. I like to think that you guys sacrifice a little piece of my soul every episode. That is that is true. <laughs> it is true. It's a positive way to look. Uh, a nice spin. Well, yeah. ever since you moved out to BC in that tent, your only friends are small animals, so it makes sense that a little piece of your soul would die every time we kill one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my forest friends. Yeah. You know what? What? 118 is the smallest number that can be expressed as four sums with the same product. Did you know that? Yeah, every time I think about it. <laughs> uh, the energy of 118. Anybody know what the energy is? Mm. Confusing, Calm. convoluted. Exasperating. No. Help. Derivative. Uh, it's in it. Like <laughs> it's, it's independent is what it is. Yeah, of course it is. <clears throat> it relies on itself. It is efficient, realistic, and implements what needs to be done in a business-like manner. Right. It's basically 11, which is a prime number, an esoteric number on its own, plus the symbol of infinity. Right. Four sums of the same product. Okay. Exactly. Um, so basically, because that's what this number represents, an independence, efficiency, implements things in a business-like manner, I feel like we should move right along in a business-like manner. What do you guys think? Yes. No Agreed. jokes. No jokes. You know what didn't make the cut on this uh, lineup? You know what things got left on the cutting room floor? Joker. No, Joker's a headliner. <laughs> <laughs> um rambo last blood any any grievances uh yeah yeah i mean it's typical you know it's typical of this show to leave off something that's going to be really um iconic and you know really bookends a great actor's you know character arc over many decades right, of course we're going to ignore it it's last blood he's he's making sure that they, they don't that they don't pull out any Creed twos out of the Rambo franchise. Oh, they're gonna uh, they're gonna give him another um, Golden Globe for this one. Well, unless his daughter survives this and mm. she carries the franchise on as Rambet. <laughs> Rambo. The only time Rambo was Rambo was in First Blood Part One, and after that, he turned into this weird, like psychopathic solo war machine. Yeah, he's but that's... the original. Fast and Furious. But that's not who he was. Like, the script for First Blood was different. It was it separated. Rambo 
First Blood Part Two was not that that changed everything. And he's just alone now. He's alone with a bunch of you know Botox and facial uh, fucking plastic surgery and shit. It's it's nothing. The the trailer's ridiculous. Come on. It, it is ridiculous. The franchise itself got ridiculous. I've been told many times as a horror and gore fan that I need to go and watch the movie Rambo. Um, <clears throat> but it's yeah, it's it, oh. it's like it's like most all almost like it's like every other franchise that comes out now. It only way that it can survive its own ridiculous nature is to overdo everything, and that's apparently what it it, it looks like. It might as well if you could check it, just interchange some faces of the Rock on a few of those scenes. You'd have like a Hobbs and Shawzian type of feel everything is just brutal 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 and uh if that's the era we're going into i'm totally fine with that the era that we're in is strange we were talking earlier before the podcast about aging musicians and you know 60 something year old up on stage that's this too stallone and schwarzenegger oh, yeah. they're all what are you doing what are you doing you're 70 something he's cutting people with knives he would get fucked up he can gut anyone like a pig. 70-year-old man killing people in mass. Come on. Well, he's, this is like a Home Alone version. This last. <laughs> yeah, like, they're come, yeah, they're, they're coming out to his ranch. Up. Yeah, he's coming up. They're going up to his ranch. He's doing a whole, like, Skyfall <laughs> thing. <clears throat> awesome. Um, yeah. No, we have to just engage, I guess, all this nonsense. Uh, the Goldfinch also didn't make a lineup, and uh, looks like it's getting shit reviews. And once again, once again. The producers of this show. Huh. Goldfinch. That sounds like some intern shit. Yeah, it's uh, something I would like to read. It sounds like the Phantom Thread Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the intern, another movie we left off the uh, off the lineups is Abominable. But I want the intern to be rest assured that Abominable oh. has been put on your burden list as oh, per the uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot mandate. <clears throat> Great. Yeah, you can you can still go see Abominable at the theaters and turn and do that weird thing where you sit in front of the front row facing the theater. Oh, yeah, I will be. <laughs> That's how I watch all the Sasquatch films. Wow, he's just staring at us. <laughs> a folding <laughs> chair. He just sits right on the. We all laugh. <clears throat> all right. So, anybody want to talk about something they've seen, or are we moving towards um, the? paraphernalia that sad sack has provided me for us to uh, talk about if we feel so inclined <clears throat> paraphernalia well that has me my interest peaked but yeah i think we saw something yeah yeah what did you see a movie that i've come to discover is, is very has very different reactions to it, everybody i talked to very polarizing are we talking about it chapter two we yes. are yes okay. <clears throat> we're talking about it chapter two I could talk about it for a long ass time because I can't f quite find anyone else that had the reaction that I did to it. But did anybody else here see it or is it just Amanda and I? Just I, you. I think you're alone. Yep. Well, I just want to say that, you know, there was all of this hoopla on this show about the runtime and giving us <laughs> you know, a, 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 the third degree about the runtime. My beautiful husband did not fall asleep at all ever not once yeah and he falls asleep all the time <laughs> he falls asleep mid-conversation you don't have a good time it could be like three quarters <laughs> of the way into like a fast really? furious movie i'm like holy sh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i did the runtime it, it was it's definitely a longer film uh, i didn't feel I was, I was trying to give a clap to um to no. not falling asleep oh right yeah but you can see that I fucked around a bunch, and uh, <laughs> you, probably, you probably heard the intro again. And sorry about that. <clears throat> I wasn't sure what was happening? Uh, yeah, it's a long film. Um, it's just doesn't. I don't. I didn't feel the runtime though. It kind of breaks things down into like vignettes per character that give you a lot of fun 
and like crazy big hallucinations to see. But what I'm kind of gathering from people is that it was, there's a better way to boil this down. I think you and I did it the other night. Talk, focusing on the director, mm-hmm. right? What is it, Bichetti? Muschetti. Muschetti? Muschetti? It's an M, as it's in Mary. M. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Giddy. And we remember him from Mama. Which is a great movie. He directed Mama. And for those that saw Mama, I feel like that people had the same reaction to Mama that people are having to this, which is that he as a director is not afraid to show you the monster. And he'll show it to you for a long time. And that's usually a detriment in a horror film. But I feel like for some reason, this guy pulls it off. Like Mama to me, I went into Mama wanting a horror movie. And what I got instead was kind of like a crazy paranormal adventure that ended up being kind of sad and sweet. And that's kind of how I feel about It Chapter 2 as well. Or the whole It movie in in, in total with both parts combined is that it's maybe not as scary as everyone wants, but this director is not afraid to show you the monster. It's fun when he shows you the monster. The crazy hallucinations they have in this film are like really big in scale. And I Mm -hmm. think it might have thrown a bunch of people off because you're like, whoa, this totally kind of cheesifies and paranormalizes the whole universe they exist in. But I thought all that was awesome. I love that. I think I, that was one of those situations where some of the things that turned people off, I think, turned me way on. Because the end of the book, it is confounding. Even as a kid, I was like, I don't even know if I understand what I just read. Yeah. It's something with like interdimensional alien beings that came to Earth and like personified fear and clowns. Like it's very bizarre. And like I was just, I was almost in it in a way that like the, I consider the game uh, or the movie Avengers Endgame like a feat more than a film. It's like, wow, you guys managed to cap this massive universe. Good job. I can't even speak to it as a film because I'm just so impressed that it was made at all. I kind of have that feeling about it chapter two as well. It's like, holy shit, you guys did the ending. You guys did it. I don't care how ridiculous it looks. You pulled it off. Mm. Bravo. Yeah, that's probably a, a The Watchmen would be another example of a situation where the ending is really hard to do and they didn't do it. Oh, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And it mm. was a source of controversy because it was like, you understand why they <clears throat> why they didn't do it because it would have, you know, extended the film, you know, <clears throat> two and a three quarter hours. Right. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Um, but no, I'm actually I, being serious. It was like really long movie to begin with. And it was just like, it, it's tough. It's tough to, I think in today's day and age to get a studio even on board with going the distance. I mean, if it chapter one was not a huge tremendous success then they wouldn't have had as much leniency from a production standpoint i don't think but maybe i'm wrong no i think you're right i think you're totally right yeah and i on top of all that them managing to pull off crazy shit that i thought they would never manage to get pulled off it was also just cast really well like i thought it was cast very well yeah i thought that the the casting the things that i really loved about it and i i fully enjoyed it i thought the casting was spot on perfect i thought the writing was excellent and i thought that the the, the management of humor throughout the movie between Bill Hader, his character, and um, the character Eddie, the character Eddie kept the pace up. Like that kept it from dragging for me at any point is because I got to genuinely laugh every, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And they let Bill Hader like point out the absurd stuff that would normally get not get pointed out because they'd be trying to like smooth it over. Like, no, it's scary. It's scary. Don't ever let it be funny. Let's scary. So Hader... no, he's there. He's like, what the fuck? Is that a fucking butterfly with a human face? Like, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so Hader, Hader did well. Yeah. Hader stole the show. Yeah. That's awesome. still, yeah. He has like an emotional moment at the end, too. Mm-hmm. That I think he really nails mm-hmm. in like a Gary Truman show kind of way. I am pumping his tires. I like him a lot. Um, are you still a Maca boy? Yeah, although he wasn't kind of a weak point. I mean, he's kind of the weakest one. Then, yeah, a little bit. Just because they, he's his character. They kind of toned him back. He's sort of like in the TV movie, 
his old his elder character is like the star of the show and in this one they very evenly disperse disperse the, the yeah the attention so i remember you uh declaring yourself a McAvoy. um i think it was filth that did it but yeah filth, filth was fun yeah that made me a McAvoy. yeah <laughs> i spent the whole time waiting for his scottish accent to come out yes okay. that's a little distracting listening to him just be a totally normal american talks like this but just by keeping your mouth real tight <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know if all the uh, Shyamalan stuff, maybe. Yeah, no. I, he, he's, he seems like the kind of actor that has that British mentality where it's like, whatever, I'm working. Give me a job. So you'll find him in as much garbage as you do great stuff. He's also kind of chunky. He's a little bit jumpy, jumpy in this. He's yeah. kind of put on some some extra fluff. I feel like that was in him. The thighs that was like him, him becoming an American. I think he's like, all right, I need a little bit of a a little bit of like a spare tire. Yeah, I would I would throw down money. I'd throw down chips on the table to say that he did it intentionally because he's he's fucked with his body too much i think his discipline's uh quite high he was just big for glass and this is what i'm saying split yeah, yeah. oh like really like cutting oh yeah. speaking of which i caught uh just a scene or two of the machinist the other night jesus christ oh, God. oh yeah <laughs> oh no you, you forget it after a little while but man i caught a couple scenes and i was like jesus christ christian bale you went way too fucking far dude wait the director was like oh whoa whoa <laughs> no, he, but he put himself in serious danger he was crazy bony i fucking i don't even understand oh, i know your cheekbones connected to your hip bone oh you could see this whole skeletal structure <clears throat> okay well that was great uh can i ask one more question about stephen king uh, is it his best cameo ever? Yes, it is. Oh, he's in the movie as a cameo? Yeah. Yeah, but he does the best acting he's ever done. Usually he's like a... God awful. A p- awful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that opening segment of Tales of the Crypt, I think, that you made me watch. <clears throat> what was it? I mean, what, what, the Tales alien the meteorite thing? Oh, yeah, creep show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, creep show. Okay. He plays the trucker. Oh, no, the fungus <laughs> is on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my question is, does he do that with all of his books? Does he like take them too far, like into the interdimensional? Like, does he take it one step too far all the there, time? He ha- he takes. There's like a meta a meta shot at Stephen King throughout the film that's expressed through McAvoy's character because McAvoy is a is a writer in in the movie, like a horror writer. But in the movie, it's a joke that every one of his fans love him, but think that he's awful at endings yeah that's so funny that's, that's funny. how people see stephen king as well like it gets away from him somewhere and the you know around 75 80 percent he doesn't know how to close it up yeah and, and so it, they, does, it gets convoluted and weird and it's super convoluted like again as a kid could not picture like get my head wrapped around it i'm like wait so it's like interdimensional alien but he's like a turtle with like cosmic lights mm. What? That's, that's a skill across many different mediums, though. The ability to, and Coen Brothers have the same problem, where they write a movie and they start walking down and exploring a world and exploring ideas, and then they don't know how to end it. And that's yeah, that's a it's knock tough. on a lot of people, I think. If you yeah. think about this, though, the Coen Brothers only film what's written. So they've written that ending, and they plan to make it the way that it is, with no exceptions. That's right. Fuck you if you don't like that's, it. That's terrifying. Did somebody turn the commentary, the DVD commentary on, on this podcast right now? Yeah. I I want intern commentaries on all of our podcasts. <clears throat> you watch anything, intern? Uh, a lot. I've watched a lot. Uh, Can you give I us will... a montage? <laughs> I'll, yeah, sure. Uh, we can. I'll, I'll stick to uh, TPP related. How about that? 
Okay. Um, so I watched uh, Ready or Not. I have mixed feelings. Oh, we saw that too. Mm-hmm. On Ready or Not. I really wanted it to be better than it was. We had that similar feeling, yeah. I think. And saying that, there was a couple scenes that were great. Yeah. But the overall feeling was, I just wish it was better than it was. Did, did it feel like a theater released Netflix movie? Yeah. That's kind of how we felt. We were like, this feels like it should just go on Netflix. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I saw was The Mule. Mm. And The Mule, although I rated this the same as Ready or Not, I was surprised at uh, how much I enjoyed Clint Eastwood's grandpa acting. I also watched The Mule and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I I yeah. liked it. Um, I didn't have the strange feelings at the end, but, uh, I don't think it was spectacular, but it was, it was quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing I saw, which was really good, uh, was leave no trace. Mm. Um, just super tight. Um, awesome movie. If you like dramas. Yeah. If you like slow drama, <laughs> uh, you'll really, really like it. And future star Thomas and McKenzie making an appearance in tonight's lineup. To- yeah. And I'm excited because it looks like she knows how to have a face mm. that can you can read emotions into her face, which is it's nice. It's the guy and his daughter that like live out in the woods. Yep, yep, yep. That one. Then I watched Tag. Tag uh, was stupid and fun and stupid. Yes, yes, it okay. was those things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, it got people like hated it, and I don't understand why people hated it. I'm like, it's a oh. dumb movie, but it's a good time. Like, Yeah, it was a, a quality bad movie. Yeah. yeah. If you were going in expecting a piece of garbage comedy and you're happy with that, then you would have liked it the same amount I did. <laughs> so I don't know. There's a couple things that I laughed, like uh, bursts of laughter came out. Which one is this? Sorry. Tag. Broke bones. Oh. Um, yeah, I'll touch base on Tag in a minute. I was just trying to find that music from Leave No Trace. Yeah, okay. That's how the movie feels. Got it. Okay. okay. Uh, Tag, I talked about Tag in the past. We tried to watch it and we shut it off yeah. because it was. I thought it was garbage. And then the other day I threw it on because it was further along in the movie. And I remember your feedback about Jeremy Renner being really funny later on. And I had never gotten to Jeremy Renner's intro and my recent Renner rest (laughs) uh, celebration of Jeremy Renner's musical career sucked (laughs) sucked me back to it. And uh, yeah, there's some fun, fun moments like when he's... um, Ed Helms is trying to be the grandma yes. in, in the mall. <laughs> he pins him yeah. down with the walker. Yeah, there's, there's some fun shit. Jeremy Renner's yeah. got like Matrix sensibilities. It's, um, yeah, they they, uh, they they have a little fun with it later for sure. Uh, to wrap this up, I've got, I did two horror ones. I watched Halloween. There's no need to comment because it's not very good. Is that the 2018 remake? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah. Uh, I, I did really enjoy that they just... Uh, said fuck it to the other seven halloween movies and they were like we'll pretend that didn't happen yeah. and uh this is just a direct sequel to the first one like 40 years later or whatever um uh, and then i watched inside oh that one with the girl pregnant inside in the bathtub and the home invasion yeah and at the beginning of this film they talk about there's this quote up about how many kids are stolen from their parents 
and that of the children that are stolen from their parents, um, one out of every 10, uh, the mother is stolen before the birth and then it does the movie. And that little like factual quote or tidbit of information made my brain want to think that this was a true story. And it is not that. There was no reason to have that it was at a, the beginning. Just, this, this film is based on a statistical reality. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, and then uh, my brain just the whole way through was like, why? Why did this quote happen? It could have been an entertaining slasher film and just leave it at that. But the beginning ruined the rest of the movie. Are you scared that I'm going to get stolen, honey? You're going to get stolen? No, that someone's going to steal it from you. But also me. That's like, I thought there was another horror movie that I thought for that was from like the early 2000s called Inside, which was about a woman having her baby stolen from her womb. Oh. <clears throat> well, I think well, that is. I yeah, think that, that's the same. That's, it, it's that's a remake. idea. Okay. Wasn't it a remake? This? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed Inside the same amount that I enjoyed Halloween, but I really just had to get off my chest that what they did at the beginning <laughs> uh, was very misleading and a poor choice in editing. All right, I'm going to be very fast with my contributions. Okay. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh. You don't you don't need to watch that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aww. Too bad. No, oh. no, they've got all these uh Titans all over the world and um picks up where the old where the other one left off from 2014. Family, their son got killed in the rubble. Uh, oh, know, she, she became obsessed and he became obsessed with creating some sort of device that can affect or speak to or control these like Godzilla like titans with like audio like like frequency transmission shit and you know they divorced and he's out uh, it's Kyle Chandler and he's out uh, in the forest taking nature shots of wolves and listening to them with his headphones because he's all you know frequency audio guy it's just awful and uh and and Kyle Chandler's got sweat on him all the time. He's he's got this sh- even cool when like the Titans come out. Sweaty sheen. I mean, I guess the Titans themselves are okay, but I'm just like, ugh. Like the storyline driving it is just I don't care about the fight. You need to have something going on that you're actually into for the fight to mean anything. So fuck it. Uh, I shut it off. I didn't watch the whole thing, so it could it could get better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Rocket Man. Um, actually, Rocket Man. decent biopic. Taron Egerton does a good job, and I think that all biopics about musicians should be musicals, because that's what they did with this, and it's refreshing for them to take someone's music and celebrate it in a musical, like an original musical about the musician. That makes way more sense. Yep. Like across the universe. Yeah, yeah, like across the universe. Except that was, you know, wasn't about the Beatles specifically. It was inspired by. Right. Yeah. This is a specific biopic about yeah. Elton John celebrating his music and like all of his like life tragedies and cocaine and drug abuse and everything. It's all worked into a musical segment. Like they'll break out into song and do some sort of creative interpretation musically of that part of his life instead of just showing you the same shit you've seen in every biopic. Yeah, we get it. They get famous. They can't handle it. They get loaded. They get stoned. They fuck up everything in their life. And then everybody celebrates them at the end. That's great. That's yeah. cool. Like uh, like Moonwalker. Moonwalker. What is that? <laughs> Michael the Jackson Michael Jackson movie. one? Oh. <laughs> oh. Is that the that, documentary? That is a deep cut, man. Is that he the goes documentary? Around, like, dancing to, you know, like save children's lives, and then he turns into uh, like a transformer at the end. Yeah. Uh, the Chappelle shit about Michael Jackson. Again, love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do he say? Like half the people in this room have been molested, but not by Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so Sad Sack put some shit in front of me here, and I'm just going to – I want you guys – well, they're they're giving the directive that you should just be very dismissive to these things if you don't want to talk about them. Because if it's bullshit and you don't care and you don't want to talk about it, then you should you know allow to, yourself to express those emotions. Okay. So if I say something and you're like, fucking don't care, move on, then we'll move on to the next thing, okay? Okay. Free, freedom to scoff. Yeah, scoffing allowed, permitted, encouraged. Mandatory fake noise about me grumbling paper. And do you guys know that there's a John Wick miniseries available? What? Right now. Really? On what? Uh, it's on Lionsgate's website. You can just go to it. Um, it wouldn't With let John- it wouldn't it wouldn't let me watch it because I'm out of country. But it's called Truth Serum. I think there's four episodes. And it's supposed to be kind of coinciding with the launch of John Wick's three, John Wick 3's um, Blu-ray streaming release. So it's meant okay. to help launch that. And it has Keanu. I don't know about that. No, it sounds like it, uh, it stars somebody else. The character's name is Banks Jenkins, a conspiracy-obsessed talk show host who's determined to speak the truth about the high table. The high table appears to be a cabal with a global reach and willingness to kill. As Jenkins continues to tumble down his rabbit hole of paranoia, he claims that the high table will be the end of democracy as we know it, and the shadowy organization is preparing for a hostile global takeover unlike the world has ever seen. So they made some, like, Alex Jonesian parallel side story. (laughs) Yeah, it's presented in found footage format. Each episode investigates a variety of conspiracy theories that all seemingly connect to the continental. Yeah, it's like uh, peripheral short films that are in support of in contributing to the launch of. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, they, they, the JWU. All right. Okay. Yep. Please explain the acronym, Daniel. The John Wick Universe. Right. There it is. Oh. <clears throat> Wonderful. Um, does anybody want to talk about uh, how the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as, as Amanda coined, in the chat group, how the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't love Spider-Man Three Thousand. <laughs> what a what a waste! What he a was, waste! He was just being rented, folks. It was a rental. He was the biggest part. He was so involved in everything. Yep. Like, how many movies was he in? Oh, lots. But it feels like he was a rental that Marvel like thought, okay, great, and just started going like as if they were going to have him, and then Sony was like. Oh, did you forget this was a rental? Also, thanks for making him super famous. We're going to take him back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for upping the profile of our of our property that we... And how does that work? Can somebody explain to me the, the legalities of Marvel being purchased? So, wait, Marvel making a deal with Sony for intellectual property rights over Spider-Man uh, cinematically. And then Marvel gets sold to Disney, but that original deal made before... Marvel was purchased is still binding. They can't yeah. like they can't do a lawsuit to get their intellectual property rights for cinematic purposes back. Not over. You know, maybe now that Spider-Man has all the Tony Stark defense system, uh, Marvel's gonna have to rent everyone out to Sony. Yeah, that that that'll be the like the immediate like dick back in the face is oh. Or do you guys want to include any Iron Man material? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're back to the boring suit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When I watched this um this video on Nerdist talking about like what this, you know, what this means for the MCU and stuff, um 
and I can't even remember what they said. It's always very informative, those videos. I'm always impressed by like, oh, these people can like break this complicated nerd shit down in like seven minutes and it's great. And then I immediately forget it. <laughs> um, but the, the punchline was basically like, yeah, it sucks. It really only sucks for the fans though, because trust you me, Disney, Marvel, they've got plan B's, plan C's, plans D's. Like they will be able to tie up their loose ends and move on as those Spider-Man never <laughs> happened basically right like, fuck them <laughs> we'll show like a, a last extra five minutes from the end of endgame it's like oh spider-man died <laughs> just get it yeah and may we introduce you to moon knight and this is nova and welcome mm. to phase four okay so they're going galactic going galactic yeah galactic mm-hmm. i guess they have to but then where, where do they go from there well, it's all space stuff now that Captain Marvel's involved. Right. That's where I like stepped out as a yeah. as a younger Marvel fan. Once it got too galactic, I was like, I don't know, Quasar and shit. I don't know. I'm not as into these guys. Yeah. James Gunn's like, you're loving me now, right? Right. 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 Yes. If you're, if you're involved, then I can hang on to some of the space characters. Sure. All right. What do we got here? Anybody want to talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino's new documentary, QT8 colon The First Eight? Does it count as one of his movies and now he's done? Yeah, hashtag <laughs> this is 11 or something, right? Hashtag retire already. Hashtag I count my own films. <laughs> uh, this one here is specifically aimed at the intern. Why does Satsack always deliver their notes in a crumpled piece of paper? I don't it know. I know, it's ridiculous. I don't have any good uh, response for that. I've tried to talk to them about it. Um, intern Roger Deakins wants Criterion to release the three-hour version of the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yes. I don't think we need Please, to Please, God, <laughs> make it happen. If there was a God, it's like, this I would make me like, believe. heard his erection happen. Yeah. 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 Well, it happened just from the title of that film. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I heard? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, that's what I heard. Yep. That's all I heard. <laughs> yeah, he wants it to happen, too. I mean, the title itself has 11 words in it, <clears throat> right? Um, Here's, it's all set up. It's meant for a specific kind of person. That title deserves three hours. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to talk about the possibility of a Hogwarts reunion? Uh, what's that? What's a Hogwarts reunion? Well, uh, she, Rowling wrote another book that involved Harry, and they're talking about bringing back the original cast for another Harry Potter movie. Oh, shit. Hogwarts College Edition? Like uh, 20 years later? Yeah, are they like professors now? Is Hermione the headmistress? I think it's... Ron is like Joey and Harry (laughs) like Ross. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all of that feedback's funnier than me telling you the reality, but... It's going to be an adaptation of the Broadway show they did, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. What is that? Is that he's young? He's young again. It follows Harry and Draco's children. So I guess Daniel Radcliffe would be a father. <laughs> see, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a movie where they're adults and we're following their kids because I don't care about that. I would totally see a like, hey, it's it's 15 years later and, you know, there's some new evil and we're grownups now. I'd watch that. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, see, that's fair. I think we're ready for a Harry Potter crossover mm. universe situation. 
Like what universe are we crossing into? I don't know. What do you want to cross over with? Marvel, Fast and the Furious, uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously. Lord of the Rings. It would just cross That's over with Fantastic Beasts. That's all they would do. It should be Ninja Turtles. Yes, Harry Potter <laughs> and Raphael. Yeah. So you're ready for that, but are you ready for Enola Holmes? Starring Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. They're making another Sherlock Holmes. The child sister of Sherlock and Mycroft runs away to become a fugitive private detective. What? The child sister? Oh, okay. I'm mm. sorry. My brain was thinking that Sherlock Enola. had a baby with uh, no. Watson there for a second. Yeah, I still don't understand what that title meant. Enola Holmes. That's her name. Yeah, yeah. Sherlock's oh, younger sister, oh. Enola. That's yeah. Sherlock's sister. Yeah. Makes oh. sense. And she goes off to become an autistic private detective, like her, like her brother. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the thing here. Yeah, Henry Cavill is going to be Sherlock. I don't understand why. Well, Daniel loves Henry Cavill. Yeah, I, because I like he's because there will never ever again for a thousand years be anyone that looks more quintessentially like Superman that's than true. Cavill. Yeah. But as Holmes, you know, Downey was riding that is he too sexy to be Sherlock line right. with Cavill. It's over the top. That's coming too. Robert yeah. Downey's Sherlock 3, that's coming too. Okay. Yeah, now that uh, he's done with MCU, we get more Downey. some more Sherlock. Yeah, baby. SHU. Mm-hmm. Okay, last thing. And then we'll get into the lineup. Just want to quickly talk about uh, the face-off reboot. <laughs> Only because I think if they took like today's technology and special effects and everything, if they went even harder, if they went even more serious, we could actually have the first ever like double event of this of this kind like Travolta and Cage was so over the top and ridiculous it's it's highly unlikely it's highly unlikely but could you see them doing him grabbing a nun's ass and doing the whole priest thing you think people would film that now for a blockbuster film uh maybe are you tiptoeing on the idea that I really hope they do which is that they recast Nicolas Cage and John Travolta yes. in the yes <laughs> Am I not the one that said that? Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah. So don't take it as your idea. <laughs> thank you, Daniel. Uh, thank you, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bring the whole thing back. Bring Wu back. Bring we Travolta. Back. <laughs> yeah. In exactly the same. All the same plot things. Like they go off to a weird prison with magnet boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, isn't there like a, isn't there like a, um, a sea do chase at the end or like a speedboat? Oh, there is. Yeah. There's like a 25 minute speedboat chase. Yeah. <laughs> Just amp up to take his face. The hand waterfalls. Yep. Amp up all the ridiculousness. Like, yeah, okay, prison with crazy shit going on, but amp it up even more. Like, go even further. Right. Everybody in the character has an ancient Greek name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was great, guys. That was great. Are you ready for the hype video for this episode? We've got video now. Sorry, the hype audio. Hype us where the producers have taken segments from tonight's trailers and mixed them up with the time machine audio and just really jazzes everybody before they watch the trailers. You know that part? Oh, man, step us in. Okay, I will do it. My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. Kids, it's time to burn some books. Yeah. You got to see the vast celestial everything. And it blew your mind. Smile. Oh, your heart is aching. Smile. 
even the witch. Headliner, Joker. Joker. Here we go. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. To bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. What? If you smile, <laughs> to your fear and sorrow, smile. What's so funny? Freak! (laughs) Gotham has lost its way. What kind of coward would do something that cold-blooded? Someone who hides behind a mask. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. Worried or excited? There's a lot of stuff to unpack because the more I learn about this movie, the more I am become more interested in it. Um, it took the top prize at the Venice Film Festival. It is the uh, first movie uh, meant to start a new company that will produce standalone DC movies called DC Black Label. Um, so when asked if this is going to connect in any way with Robert Pattinson's Batman, the answer is a hard no. That one of the reasons why Joaquin Phoenix never signed on to be Doctor Strange in the MCU is because he didn't want a multi-picture deal. It's a one one by one situation for Joaquin. Gotcha. Uh, the filmmaker cites Alan Moore's comic The Killing Joke, which tells the Joker's origin and descent into insanity. And also credits Scorsese's Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and The King of Comedy as the 
influences behind it. You can literally see all three of those films in this trailer. Yeah. Yep. First theatrical DC Comics film to be rated R since The Watchmen, we mentioned earlier, also standalone. Um, I liked uh, Joaquin's comments about the laugh because he called it, it was something really difficult for him to create. And he was very, I think, meta on his evaluation of himself over the laugh. And he was saying that he wanted it to be something that's almost painful, that for the Joker, it's... It's something that emerges out of him as he descends into insanity. It is not something uh, just maniacal and crazy. It's painful, which is right. very interesting to me. Like These are the kind of things that they say. And I'm like, well, I didn't expect this Joker movie to be like this. I thought it very easily could have gone the other way and been ridiculous. So I'm excited. I'm really interested. Oh, and it also received um, an eight-minute standing ovation. <laughs> Not the 42 straight minutes a Day-Lewis movie would get. <laughs> I'm interested in what Amanda thinks about this. Because her initial reaction to Joaquin Phoenix, when it was first announced that he was going to be the Joker, she was like, hard, no, pass, out, ridiculous, stupid. So Yeah, and uh, there, there are reasons that I still feel that way a little bit. I, I'm, I've softened on that stance just because, um, because this is not really meant to exist it's it's not using much source material from what i understand like it, it's sort of it's its own thing it's its totally own thing because to me walking phoenix is way too old to be the joker yeah. yeah no that's that's fair and there was yeah your comments weren't unfounded initially it was a it's a bizarre thing to do it's awkward there's been what how many jokers like like right yeah, like even recently, like it went from Ledger dying to Jared Leto oh. bombing to are we done with this? Like it feels like it's just awkward, this decision. So I'm actually surprised that I'm being. Okay, could could Phoenix even around. have taken this route if we didn't have Leto's in-betweener? Right. Yeah, good point. Because I don't think they would have gone from like deep evaluative, evaluative dark take on Joker to deeper right. evaluative take. You know, like I think they needed that. Pimp, in between, pimp version yeah, in between. this like stupid, silly. He tried so hard. He just he just tried to be the opposite of everything. Yeah, and it yeah. failed. Sent it sent a dead. Yeah, he was in character the whole time. Sent a dead rat in a letter to Margot Robbie on set. <laughs> Fucking creep. Um, so here are the things that I'm certain of. I am certain that Joaquin Phoenix will uh, give a uh, a stellar performance. A a memorable, noteworthy, you know, if not winning an Oscar worthy, but definitely he's going to get a no nominated for a lot of awards for this performance. Um, my, do I think that I'm going to like it? I don't know. It feels to me like it's going to, I'm going to have to take a lot of like leaps of faith here because I've read a few things and some of the stuff that I've read about the cruelty that this man that, that this man experiences is so over the top as to become silly and unbelievable even in Gotham even by Gotham standards the things that are going to happen to him to his character are just like that would never Nobody what? would ever do that. There's no sense in that. Like he can never pick up a piece of food like, without yeah. being slapped out of his hand. <laughs> exactly. They're like, shut up, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, so, I, but you know, but 
I think that also stems from people just wanting to be contrarians and having mm -hmm. an opposite opinion of, you know, this this movie that's being, you know, already touted as being wonderful. So you got to take all that stuff with a grain of salt. Um, so, I mean, I want to see it. I want to judge it for myself. Um, he's going to be good. I, it, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. There's a, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. What's what's the formal answer on that? Worried or excited? For me personally, I am worried. Okay. I have no real basis for that other than I don't know that I'm going to be into it. Right. I think maybe you and I might be on the same page or maybe the same page the pages next to each other. I'm going to lean excited just because I support this idea of these one-offs. Yeah. that aren't tied yeah. into a greater universe. It makes so much like more that. freedom to toy with ideas. And I think it's the only and... way these comic movies survive is that by playing with genres and subgenres as opposed to just having everyone be a, oh, he's going he's gonna to do it. Oh, he, he had some obstacles and oh, they prevailed. Right. And it feels like it's going to be dark. It's got the R rating. It feels like it's yeah. going to lean dark. Right. There's going to be some violence. There's going to be some deaths. Yeah. Uh, my only real concern is that I in this trailer alone, there's like five montages of him just, just dancing by himself naked yes. in slow motion. And I'm like, hmm, how much <laughs> awkward ribcage of uh, Joaquin Phoenix can I take? How many whitey tidies can right. I look yeah. at? Right. How many, how many stained whitey tidies? How many times can he look in the mirror and stretch his lips out? You know, I'm supposed to be profoundly affected. That, that's I'm only hoping that they reserve some brutal revenge that begins his dark path. I hope we get some of that. And it's not totally like, well, there we go. Credits roll. Everything after the credits is when the violence begins and he becomes the actual Joker. This is just his origin story. And you're like, oh, I need some teeth. I'm also <laughs> going to need to believe the transition from total like pussy victim to, you know, dark, sociopath, sociopathic, uh, not hero, but anti-hero, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a concern as well. Another thing that the only thing that I saw that has worried me, you guys are bringing up some good comments, though, um, was a blurb where I read that and it was it was delivered in a positive sense or, or in a in like an impressive sense because of all the awards being given or considered for this film it was saying that Todd Phillips was had to write the script while filming but the, but it said it as a positive thing or like a <laughs> like a like a wow yeah and I'm like that's not a wow yeah, yeah. that's a concern that's a red flag that's, that's a, when they're like hey this movie had so many reshoots yeah yeah, there's a big flag on that. So I'm well, a little concerned about of the rings. Like that probably affected Andrew's uh, opinion going into his excited, which is about to be delivered here in a few moments. <laughs> it can't. Hey, it can't get an eight-minute standing ovation and get the top prize at the Venice Film Festival and get a worried from Andrew, right? Um, just as a side note here, <laughs> I'm looking at IMDb and it's uh, got a 9.5 out of 10 with just under 13,000 votes. So. After opening weekend, this is going to have enough votes to crack their top 250. And if this number stays relatively close to the same, this will be the highest rated film. It, on also, IMDb. it also points out that the IMDb rating is a lie because there's no way that 13,000 people have watched and voted for the joke. Yeah, all the people that saw it at the film festivals that it's been touring at. Yeah, before right. they were allowed to leave, they're all like, sign into your IMDb accounts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, He's maybe. Hey, no, that, that could be true, but I don't, I'm just... There's, there's definitely more than 13,000 people have seen this film already. Okay, fuck, fine, it's possible, but it's not likely that... 13, that it'll stay there? No, it's not likely that 13,000 people did that. It, it's more likely that people are just like, oh, wow, there's hype about this movie, and then they just, like, mindlessly rate it. It tells you that the whole fucking system's bullshit. 
Yeah. Right. Like I don't you know. See a bunch of reviews that are like 10 stars. Can't wait to see this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At like ratings like on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and Metacritic and all that stuff. It's like a game for me because I like piece it together. I'm like, okay, well, it's got like a 85 critic Rotten Tomato but it's got a 60 user flickster and it like, and then I like piece together. I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably a shit movie. Okay. Yeah, your, own, like, <laughs> your own algorithm spits it out. It's like, oh, this is, this is like a 42. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I had a great moment recently cause I was investigating uh, movie uh, critic quotes on movie posters. And I was trying to find like specific posters that had really ridiculous, like cliche comments on them. And I ran into this whole slew of movie posters that people had uh, edited with Photoshop and put Amazon one-star reviews <laughs> as the quotes on the movie posters, and they were all very entertaining. <laughs> that would be fun. It's funny. Um, also, I do want to point out here that uh, this is from the esteemed director of Road Trip and Old School. <laughs> so, Dude, Old School is pretty good. Yeah. I like both of those movies moments, yeah. Yeah. no joke uh i could have went with the what everyone likes which i don't really care for um films of hangover hangover two and three yeah but i don't really care about those movies I don't and he also did war dogs which is a bit of a problem war dogs was bad yeah did, did he write them though oh writer he did the screenplay for uh, war dogs Hangover 3 to Due Date. Oh, I did not like Due Date. Uh, yeah. Starsky and Hutch. Old School That's and Road Trip. Shit on it when you go back to it. <laughs> he started strong. It's time for a resurgence. I really like Joaquin Phoenix. I was pretty on the fence with this because DC's had some problems. Namely, Leto. And I'm really excited to see a Joker again that is going to be a Joker. So well, it's about collaboration too. It's not just Todd Phillips. It's Todd Phillips collaborating with Joaquin, right? And apparently rewriting some of the script. One well, Joaquin walked off the set a lot. I read. Oh really? Yeah, and I don't know who he was mad at. I just read that he did that a lot. He's well, just, you know, he's playing a depressed psychopath. So seems, yeah, he just seems no matter what the movie is dramatic. Just walks off. <laughs> yeah, it's a prima donna a little bit. Yeah, be like, like Joaquin walks hard off the set of Walk Hard. <laughs> walk hard. Uh, I'm going to walk hard with an excited on Joker. Yep, I want to watch it. I'm looking forward to adding my rating to IMDb after I watch this. All right. And for standing for eight minutes after the film is over. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk about this, like all these standing ovation films get at these film festivals and like, how it means something. But like when we as Americans clap at the end of a movie, everybody just makes fun of us. Right. I'm just saying it's hypocrisy at its worst. It's true. It is true. Although next time we go to a movie, I do want you to film me at Almo Draft House, just standing at the end and just clapping <laughs> and not stopping until everyone leaves. <laughs> Last one there. That movie too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever <clears throat> stood up and clapped after a movie ever? No, we're not those people. Those people are stupid. I'm just yeah. saying. I have. Is it Beauty and the Beast? Once. What was it? One time. Uh, I was on some spiritual uh, kick. It was 1999. I had my head in the clouds, and I didn't care about anyone else around me. Daniel can attest to this. There was a moment in my life where I was, like, fucking in the zone spiritually and just, like, impenetrable. And, yeah, 
American Beauty. I stood up and clapped and people oh, left. Oh, good for you. P- people left the theater and I was like, right? Like looking at them like, isn't that amazing? You know? And I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they all thought I was a fucking psychopath. Yeah. No, I guess she was underage, but he didn't fuck her though. He, did. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, do you guys get it? Do you get the secret of life that we just saw? <laughs> anyway, trailer number two tonight, um, bringing you a little napo. And I want to I want to say there was there was contribution here to this lineup from other members of this podcast. In fact, it was primarily chosen by someone else other than the um, the regular Sad Sack producing team. Mm-hmm. So I don't want any shit about Napo being on here because uh, Napo's a TPP staple and it was respected because the collaborator acquiesced. <laughs> <laughs> Respected Napo TPP staple. It is Lucy in the Sky. Lucy in the Sky. Here we go. Specialist. Lucy. Time to wrap it up. We're going home. CDR is go. Polaris is go. We are all green. Lift off in 10. Nine. Just feel a little off. Eight. Go up there, you see? Seven. The whole universe. Six. And everything here looks five. Four. So small. Three. You got to see the vast celestial everything. And it blew your mind. So now nothing makes sense. Intern, worried or excited? Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, intern. I will let you speak. But can I get, can someone give me a synopsis? What is this movie about? Astronaut Lucy Cola 
returns to Earth after a transcendent transcendent sorry experience during a mission to space and begins to lose touch with reality in a world that now seems too small. Don't you think that would happen to you anyway? Like, aren't all astronauts just fucked up? Yeah, isn't this the PTSD story for all astronauts? Yeah. Or anyone that goes above the Earth's surface? I have Googled astronauts with psychological issues, and this movie is based off of pretty much the only incident that shows up on Google where someone has dissented into like got dismissed as an like from NASA and and uh, you know it's one where she drives across the country in a diaper and became crazy like started to lose her lose it a little bit a lot of astronauts say the world feels too small petty everything seems petty and um, not as big of a deal as it used to feel but this is the specific like it's based off a specific astronaut female astronaut that couldn't handle it couldn't couldn't keep her shit together when she came back down obviously it had to be a woman typical yeah yeah sexist shit going on here okay and of course it's a guy directing the downfall of women (laughs) well i mean there's space periods will attract monsters Um, this is they're mansplaining to her (laughs) right You you don't get it you don't get it and you can't handle it this this is prime for a bill burr a uh, bit right here. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to what I hope will be an hour of space porn for my eyes. I'm guessing I'm going to get 15 minutes, which will be sad. So I hope that this story is really interesting. I will probably be able to relate to Lucy as uh, I don't even need to go that high to feel disconnected from Earthlings. So I'm going to say excited can't wait to see some Earth from Space photo moving pictures. Amanda, oh. you were... tell us how worried you are. Didn't we talk to you about passing it off? <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> tell us how much you like Napo. Actually, Daniel or Amanda, one of you, whoever feels like they want to jump in, you go right ahead. Just ignore him. Okay. Um. So I just don't – what's the punchline? I mean, like, am I – is she going to get violent is she going to, I mean, is it just going to be me like watching her be sad? If this is the only story of, of, of an astronaut breaking down, it's the only one that I remember. I think that all she does is she ends up going crazier and crazier until she falls in love with somebody that's like not her husband. And she drives across the country in a diaper so that she doesn't have to stop and go to the bathroom. And then she's like going to hurt the person she's in love with. And she gets arrested. I can't remember quite remember just, the details. I don't know what to think. And I don't, her hair is awful. I don't know that I can look at her with that hair. Well, Amanda. <laughs> a cut on her head. Amanda, keep this in mind. Tignataro is in this. Okay. Oh, thank more, God. More short-haired women. <laughs> Established the lesbian. But Tig can pull it off. I mean, this is literally a bowl cut on top of her head. And Tig ain't got no bowl cut? No. Napo. Right. I'm saying Tig, she's got short, yeah. nice lesbian hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's funny. Um, I just, I don't, what... Totally. What's describing this movie other than like she's confused and like losing grips with reality slowly, I'm sure epically slowly. And I, I, why am I going to give a fuck? I don't know. I don't so want to see this. Just not excited. I'm not excited <laughs> about this movie at all. <laughs> and I need I need something to pull me in. I need some violence. I need her to like kill a baby. At- <laughs> mm. <laughs> I want that too. Well. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get it. I'm going to step in. Um, I just want to say 
Daniel's comment there, short lesbian hair. Nice, short lesbian hair. That could be spliced into the intro. I like that. <laughs> um, first of all, I like the idea of an astronaut going out and having a psychological issue impact their ability to function when they come back to Earth. But everything else about this movie worries me outside of the idea. Just because if you want to watch Natalie Portman lose her mind and go crazy, she's won an Oscar for it. It's called Black Swan. It's directed by Aronofsky, and it's really fucking good. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to see that again here. I think this is going to be a mediocre uh, second attempt at that idea. And Noah Hawley is the director of the and creator of the Fargo television series. And I'll give him credit for turning me around on the uh, on, on Fargo because I initially saw Billy Bob Thornton and I was like garbage. And then I went back to it and I liked it. And then the season two was really great with Patrick Wilson. And then season three was terrible with Ewan McGregor. So I know that this guy's got failure inside of him. And it's this looks like failure to me. <laughs> and I don't know what else to say. It's, it's you know what everything. Else it looks like? What? A TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the axe? Why does she like? Can you just fucking talk normally? Like I miss annihilation already. Like what's with all these accents? Like Jackie was was good, but it was just okay, you know. Like, you no, know, her hair and accent are probably time period correct. Probably, and it's probably dead on. And she's a great actress, and yada yada yada. And I love Napo, but I would rather watch Jane Got a Gun. And I yeah. hope I hope you guys watch that because it was actually okay. She's kind of rendering. She's <laughs> <laughs> rendering, yeah. Everything has to be like a shtick. She's like, look, it's different now. You see my hair? <laughs> I'm transforming. I'm transforming. I saw the earth from outer space. It blew my mind. <laughs> um, I might. Do you know what I actually would rather see? Hmm. I would rather recut this into like a biopic on John Hamm, the professional bowler. <laughs> like I would I would watch a serious bowling movie with John Hamm as the star. <laughs> like not even a comedy. Not, not, not a kingpin. Not kingpin too? No, literally just him winning a bowling tournament. I heard you react when you saw John Hamm during the yeah. trailer. Yeah, one, I think he'd be great, honestly, in like, you know, if this was uh, 20 years ago, I think he would be perfect for like Apollo 11 or something, you know? Because I, all I could think also was I wish that, uh, what's his name, that that, that died, the, one of the Bills. Um, oh, Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton. Paxton. This made me wish that Bill Paxton was still alive. Mm. I was like, this is like his kind of thing. Um, yeah, he would have been great in that role, actually. There's, fuck, fucking fuck. Yeah. Ah, oh, Paxton. You know, John Hamm would have been a better Captain America visually. Oh, John Hamm would have been, yeah. If it was like a slightly funnier MCU, John <laughs> Hamm would just, be a great yeah. fucking. <laughs> yeah, he would have. He fits the image of Captain America a lot more than uh, Evans did. Or if they did like a DC thing, like a one-off, it could be like when Captain America like gets depressed and becomes like jaded. I can yeah. see yeah, him doing that. That'll be the new thing. All this like franchise, everything's connected shit. It'll all die a tragic death and everything will be standalone. Yeah. We'll go through a series of that. But weirdly, even though you're the Nat Poe lover and I'm the Nat Poe hater, I think you and I have a lot of the same complaints about this film is that it just looks, it doesn't look like there's any oomph there. It's going to be a lot of watching Natalie Portman just deal psychologically with stuff. And maybe there'll be some cool like visual representations of what that is. I saw her kind of like seeing herself being pulled into the sky when she's looking at her feet. Yeah. They, All that yeah. cool. They, they, they could do some cool creative stuff that way, but I don't think it's enough. No. If it just ends with her driving in a diaper and getting arrested, then who gives a shit? Right. Like I don't, uh, yeah, I would want it to be more about space and it's going to be a lot more like domestic. And it does show that line 
that sort of sexist line, if you wanted to take it in this like offensive cancel culture, you could take it is that her husband who was in the ship with her and does all the same shit that she does is totally unaffected. He's like bowling, doing a barbecue, like, oh, my fucking wife, she can't handle it. She saw the earth and her mind blew up. Fucking women, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Those are uh, some of the knocks. Yeah. There's, all, there's, there's some early reviews and they've trashed this movie pretty hard. So. Oh, no. Yeah. That's worried. Mm-hmm. All right. Your fulcrum tonight is kind of an event. It's kind of an event. Uh, Robert Eggers, the director of The Witch. This is his follow-up movie, The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Here we go. What made your last keeper leave? He believed that there was some enchantment in the light. Went mad, he did. Tall tales. But... Daniel, you worried or excited about the lighthouse? <laughs> I'm actually excited about this, but like different from how I was previously excited about this. I saw a much more like horror angled trailer on this movie, and that made it look interesting as well, except maybe just a little bit drab or slow. This putting it, pitting it, I think it was good that they pitted it as a Defoe versus Pattinson dark comedy of machismo or whatever, because that makes me think that this movie is going to be really funny. I think it's going to be a really true dark comedy where it's going to be all in the motif of the witch cinematically, you know, long dramatic shots and everything looks really beautiful and dark and smoky, but it's going to be the old lighthouse guy versus the new lighthouse guy. And then just being, you know, war of the roses against each other. Like, uh, cabin fever kind of getting that vibe yeah cabin fever they're freaking out getting drunk every little thing annoys every little other thing about themselves um <laughs> he just throws his cup down and freaks out at him and just starts screaming <laughs> like, <laughs> and then defoe he's he always looks crazy he's great to have on board especially in a beard he like looks like an old lighthouse keeper like mm-hmm. just full body he's like basically a, a walking uh maritime le- like uh, uh, rubber shoe uh, in person, like I think, uh, I I think there's a, a a lot of laughs to be had in this odd horror movie. I'm uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I have to step in and give some additional information because this has a lot of detail behind it. 
It's got that black and white choice. It's got like a just a massive amount of detail that's been paid to it. It filmed under extreme weather conditions, freezing temperatures, cold Atlantic water, intense winds and rain. Um, constantly throughout the shoot, uh, both actors stated that they barely talked to each other on set and were too exhausted to hang out and spend time together after a day of shooting because the film was so physically demanding due to the miserable weather conditions. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just every, everything. There's a story from the Toronto International Film Festival where someone on the production team talked about how they had to do like a cast of the rock formations around the lighthouse and they tried to, they, they had to ship it back after making it to England because apparently it's illegal to train wild animals and the only seagulls that are still trained and usable in films are in England and they had to like do a casting of the rock and take it to England <laughs> so that they could use trained seagulls for some reason. Like there's just all this bizarre detail that's been put into it. And this is the third movie where Robert Pattinson's character has a masturbation scene. Maybe that's how he chooses them. I don't know, maybe. I'll only be in your film if I can whack off. <laughs> when asked to describe the movie, Robert, or sorry, director Robert Eggers always used the same choice of words in every interview. Nothing good can happen when two men are trapped alone in a giant phallus. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. definitely excited about this. I like The Witch a lot. I think this director is interesting, and I'm... I'm interested in what he's doing. I don't know that it's going to be great. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be everything that we want it to be, but I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Amanda. Um. Yeah, I wanted this on the lineup for sure. I mean, I don't know that we had a whole lot of options in the horror uh, sphere right this moment, but um, I I find movies where there's only two characters be a very impressive feat when it's done well. Um. So if they can do that, I will. You know, tip my hat. Um, Willem Dafoe is one of my favorite actors just because he is so bizarre and does always look so crazy just in his natural state. Um, seems like a absolute perfect cast for this, um, this setting, this type of movie. Uh, and I love that Robert Pattinson is starting to be taken seriously as an actor because I do think that he has a lot of talent and needs to move. He's not Twilight. Um, uh, that said, I still have my reservations. I didn't like The Witch very much. It was very well done. It was beautiful. The acting was great. The script was great. All of that stuff. And then for me, it just sort of shits the bed at the end. Um, I just didn't like the punchline of the the the, the, the witch. Um, but I trust this director to make a uh, beautiful, compelling movie nonetheless. And yeah, I want to see these two dudes just fucking lose it with each other um i'm excited i'm very excited apparently he wrote the lighthouse before he wrote the witch or no he wrote no this is what it was he wrote the witch and then he couldn't get it financed so he wrote the lighthouse trying to get that financed instead and then the financing came through for the witch hmm. which is interesting to me in turn come all over it um it will be easy um my cum will disappear into the black and white of this film. <laughs> Did we curate a list for the intern? Did we inadvertently? You could, you could have made the perfect intern list. I also, like Amanda, love a movie with three people um, and so one director. It's basically two people. Okay, there's a third person in the cast list, but... Oh, is there a third character? It's the lighthouse. Is the, the lighthouse. Character. No, is the... it says it's a mermaid. 
Oh, okay. Oh, even better. Even right? Better. Are you not like jizzing right well, now? I can see them both like just wanting to like fight over sex with this siren, and it just turns out to be like a like a like a mutilated uh, like sea cow. Uh, like, you know what's gonna happen? Pattinson's gonna be jerking off on film to a mermaid. Yep. To a manatee. Yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> to a manatee. Envision they hallucinate that it's yep that's 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 what they assumed happened back in the day it's probably a narwhal yeah oh um, yeah i enjoy everything about this uh phallus house i'm gonna go watch it maybe i'll uh join in in the pattinson event and i gotta say about the trailer too like when they're sitting there just like squawking back and forth at each other like non-stop what what like what? i as the audience just want to like reach in and turn the light off and say go to bed yeah stop <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> one more one more interesting tidbit i read was that um the director eggers and defoe and pattinson met up a week beforehand to hang out in a hotel room and rehearse and pattinson hates rehearsing he feels like it ruins his uh genuine reaction in the moment in front of the camera and defoe loves um rehearsing so there's like this discomfort being communicated right off the get-go from pattinson like i don't really want to do this like some frustration like difference of process and just like going into the production they were like at odds with each other perfect yeah yeah that plays out on film i hope hopefully okay trailer number four is uh from the director of thor ragnarok um and it's called jojo rabbit Jojo Rabbit. Here we go. Here's Master Jojo. You're our top man. Prepare to leave the house. Today you boys will be involved in such activities as war games, <laughs> ambush techniques, and blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. Abadam comes to... I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. Kids, it's time to burn some books. Yeah! You're growing up too fast. Ten-year-olds shouldn't be celebrating war and talking politics. Heil Hitler. I wish more of our young boys had your blind fanaticism. <laughs> Did you know Jews can read each other's minds? But how would you know if you saw one? look just like us. Hi. You know what I am? Say it. A Jew. Gesundheit. Sheesh, that was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it! I've but negotiated. Go down the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. You two seem to be getting on well. She doesn't seem like a bad person. I'm the enemy. You're not a Nazi. Jojo, you're a ten-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of a club. 
Oh, God. Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. Amanda, we're you excited. I think this movie looks so great. <laughs> I think it looks so funny and heartfelt and... There's nothing about it that I don't like. There, I have, I have everything about it. Like, just puts a bigger smile on my face, um, including the the whole cast and the kids. And just, just <laughs> I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, the kids look super cute. I think at first I was concerned about all the like Nazi idolatry that's going on and like how close to the line you have to ride it to to use that as a topic of humor without being I don't know offensive or just oversaturated in your own irony right and uh but i think the idea of the boy being into like you know you can imagine if you were like a boy in germany the way nazism was sold to you was vastly different from how nazism became understood later so like yeah you're as a boy you're like yeah it's all the best i get to be the best of myself i make the best the best of my countrymen uh, we hate the jews and uh we can all do crazy cool shit together we have great technology and his like his imaginary friend is his idea of Hitler, not actual Hitler. So I think all of that, if they can pull that off to work well, I think this movie could be absolutely hilarious. And then him like coming to the conclusion that like that oh Jews aren't like crazy magical beasts. This this doesn't make sense. She seems like a nice person. Right. (laughs) And his like imaginary Hitler, uh just like having an issue coming to terms with that. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh I think the Probably the right director to pull it off. He's Jewish. Fail at this, I think. He's Jewish. There you go. And he's playing. He's the one playing Hitler. Oh, great! <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, even better than he, he can keep a that that tight rein of control that's required for this uh, kind of material to come across the way it needs to come across. So, Tech's excited. Yep. Intern, it's got children. So to compensate for the amount of children <laughs> in this film, they do injure each other very frequently. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> Which I am a big fan of. Harming children? Uh, not me personally. <laughs> Watching them be harmed. Yes. Yes. There it is. It's already happened. I mean, somebody should enjoy it. I mean, that knife off the tree. Yeah. I, I fell out of my chair yeah. uh, when that happened. This looks really good. There's, I've been waiting a really long time for some Nazi family comedy. You know, this is long overdue, long overdue. There's been an endless tirade of Nazi Hitler jokes for years and years, but you always have to say it under your breath or quiet down. And this is going to be loud and proud and funny. Proud. Like Steve Merchant, like, ah, love all the blind. (laughs) Yeah. Fanaticism. (laughs) Yeah. What was that other Nazi movie that came out? Life is Beautiful. It was like a comedy, but then when I saw it, it was not as funny as I wanted it to be. Oh, oh wait, no, it wasn't. The Death of Stalin. Death of Stalin. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that definitely was not as funny as it should have been. They had prime opportunity. I feel feel like there's, there's people who enjoy movies and shows that have like zero relationship integrity, and that's one of them. There's like no real connection between any of the characters. Mm. Like they don't communicate any of that. I'm I'm starting to see that be a recurrence. There's people that like super embrace things that specifically don't have any connection between anybody. Weird. 
But anyway, the only thing that worries me about this movie is that the IMDb synopsis says that Jojo must confront his blind nationalism. Oh, they've managed to find a way to tie it into modern annoying topics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, yeah, everything looks great about this. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Rockwell. I didn't even mention him. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I mean, and of course, of course, Thomas and McKenzie. Excited. <laughs> I don't know where the song is from. I just see like a slowly upturning face that's like dropping a tear, but is grisly and dirty. She's the daughter and leave no trace. And uh, she's going to be great. And I hope she does many more movies and she will. And she's awesome. And uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm excited about this. And, and what's her name? Uh, Scarjo. Scarjo. Yeah. She looked great in it too. A weirdly. Rebel Wilson. Weirdly yeah. appropriate as with a German accent. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked Rebel Wilson. Burn some books. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I've, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with her right now. I'm ready to say go away, but that was great in this trailer. So she does. Yeah. She is kind of slowly wearing out her welcome, but yeah. I'm with you. Cool. All right. And we sum it up with some more fun tonight. The five hole we have Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland, double tap. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think I would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. Welcome to Zombieland. Life is about more than just survival. We were a family. Dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I'd really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you do. It felt so good to be on the move again. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? Oh, whoopsie. I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, Dawn. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Oh, my apologies, little Elvis. 
Okay, is it me or does does he kind of remind you of? I don't, I don't like you at all. I think you double parked <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? Hello, everyone. My hallucinating. <laughs> Nathan, where are you excited? Honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fun that they're returning to it 10 years, pretty much to the month. Um, yeah, because the first one came out uh, in October of 2009. So so here we are 10 years later. Yeah. yeah, that's fun that they're returning to it. It's fine. I won't watch it in the theater. I'll definitely watch it when it's on demand. I feel the same way about this that I did Super Troopers 2, where it's like, I intend to watch it. In fact, right now I have it recorded on my BVR. Still haven't done it, though. So I'm excited enough to watch it at some point in the future. I will say that there is some fun uh, developments. They've gotten fun names. If you want me to tell you some fun names for the zombies. Okay. There's Homers, which are dumb ones. Hawkings, which are smart ones. And Ninjas, which are deadly ones. Homers, Hawkings, and Ninjas. And uh, apparently Eisenberg's character is going to have a whole new set of rules that he can share with us. So that's fun. I also learned uh, recently that Woody Harrelson's father, Charles Harrelson, was a legit hitman who spent over 30 years in prison before his death and claimed to have been involved in the Kennedy assassination. That's interesting. Amanda, what do you think about Zombieland Double Kennedy? Okay. Um, I did. I do appreciate the like sort of like opening montage of all four of these people are objectively good actors. Mm-hmm. Academy Award nominated or winning actors. All of them. Yeah. And they've chosen to make this movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm super excited. I love Zombieland. Uh, I do worry like maybe it's a little bit too long after the fact. Maybe they, they missed a window that they should have jumped in earlier. Um, that said, it's going to be a good time. It's it's not going to be anything amazing, of course, but it'll be, hopefully it'll be fun enough. You'll get enough good laughs out of it to, you know, get you through the hour 45, two hours, whatever it is, um, and, and be happy that you saw it. Uh, I don't expect much. Um, and so for that reason, it probably will satisfy me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, excited, excited. I am... Um... <clears throat> I'm also excited for this. I don't, uh, it is weird that they didn't make a sequel to this earlier because I think the first one was kind of beloved. I think it had to do with all the zombie. Could have been, yeah. Craziness because it, it, it was at the beginning of this zombie launch. And since Zombieland came out, there's been so much fucking zombie stuff. Yeah. No, that's it. That, that, that is true. It's gone through the whole cycle of like, oh my God, let's get more zombie stuff to let's not have any more zombie stuff. It's getting old and tired. And now it's kind of like just the tail end of that. It's coming out again, right? When it's starting to feel a little bit fresher. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that was good timing on their part. Who knows? Like Amanda was saying, all four actors are legitimate, like high profile, good actors. I can imagine, you know, they tried to revisit a sequel to this several times. And each one of them at different times was probably like too soon. There's so much zombie stuff. Right. Yeah. Because it, it does bring us like a, a a genuine smile to my face watching Woody Harrelson in slow motion smile as he tackles a zombie. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> he looks like he's having such a good time. Um, so I, I'd be excited and want to go see this regardless just because I like the first one. I think their little universe and their, the comedy tone to it is all is all fun and, and enjoyable if, you know, even if it's just on like a surface level. But this movie has one of my favorite sequel tropes, which is coming across the mirror image of your own group 
Yes. And I, I love that. I love it when they do it in TV shows. I love it when they do it in movies. It's one of my favorite all-time sequel tropes. So just the fact that they did that, I could not stop laughing watching what's was his name? Thomas Middleditch. Middleditch coming out of the car, oh just like gosh. Eisenberging it. I was like, yes, yes. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> they are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, intern. Pity. Poop, poop all over it and ruin the parade. Does it not seem like watching this trailer that of all these high profile actors, there's only one that's of interest? It was Joe? Yeah. Does she? It seems to me like she's doing the Robert Downey Jr. thing of the Avengers, which is holding this together. No, I think you loved La La Land, celebrated her best actress win and have a thing for her. Because she was in Birdman, I think it's a you thing. Yeah, that's oh, a maybe you thing. Because I mean, well, and also, didn't Jesse Eisenberg just come out with the art of self-defense, which is supposed to be amazing? And yeah, I heard yeah, that looked great. Yeah, that looked really funny. Social Network, David Fincher, you should love Eisenberg. I like him. I like Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And well, Woody Harrelson's a fucking staple of the the other cinema. girl. I didn't like Little Miss Sunshine, but I don't doubt that she's a great actress. It just like seems him. to me that. Uh, the camera yeah. shines brighter. You didn't like Little Miss Sunshine because it was about a little girl doing pageants. That's why you didn't like it, right? Not well, because of likely. all of the peripheral characters being amazing and the writing being awesome and it winning awards. It was like uh, like a travel movie. Oh, they got in the car and they traveled someplace you know only to come back. About what intern likes? <laughs> I think we have to just start going with journeys. Like, Who's gonna give him an erection? Journey's there and back. That's, Maybe that's true. Yeah, that plays uh, that plays a part. But Journey's there and back in a vehicle. No, Journey's there and back in space. Yes. Right. Yes, that's very accurate. Okay. Um, this I really like Zombieland: The Ridge. Like that's one of my favorite zombie movies for sure. Would not not have guessed that. Right. I own the Blu-ray. Like I bought it when it came out. However long ago that was, ten years ago. That's a long time. So I really liked it. I just don't think there's no need to make a second one. And I'm saying that only because I saw the trailer. Because before I saw the trailer, I was excited to watch this. And now I am not. My first worried, this was almost uh, intern approved. Fortunately, nobody wants to impress you. So that's yeah, that is fortunate for that's everyone like, else. How you put the DVD back on the shelf is when it has like intern approved at the bottom. That would be a lot of films that what, Nathan what, likes. What, what turned you off though? Since you were into the concept, what turned you off about seeing the actual idea portrayed? No, I think this is mostly just the self-awareness is that they're too self-aware of what's happening. Uh, the thing that you like with all the characters coming back um, just gives me a headache. It's tough. Usually one of them, you know, you could have just dropped one out easily. But Breslin's even back. And she was 13 when she did the first one, which means she's 23 now. Yeah. So Not a girl anymore. That, that's unique, going from 13 years old to 23 years old. You know who's also back? No, Bill Murray. Not. Yeah, Bill Murray's back too. Wasn't he shot? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to work that. He'll it, be his own. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be a ninja or a a, a, he'll a, be a hawking. A hawking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be a <laughs> that'll be that'll be good. Or happens. or a unique zombie that they break the rules for. It's Bill Murray, dude. Yeah, it's fine. You'll watch it eventually. You'll probably enjoy it. It'll probably be a Blu-ray. Oh, on your I will shelf. watch it. And you there's, know what? You know what? You there's were, a small chance I'll watch this in the theater. <laughs> you were you were probably a negative Nelly about the first one too. Uh, no, I think I I was uh, on a kick of. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Yeah, he gave, he, when he saw it at the theater, he gave it six minutes standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> clapping away. <laughs>
Okay. I just pull down my pants and shake my hips left to right, and you get that same clapping sound. Oh, so oh. such a strong, loud clapping sound. <laughs> whack, thwack. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that that does it, folks. He's worried. We're all excited, and uh, it was a great episode. And I appreciate was, everyone. For that might have been by. the greatest lineup we've ever done, it, Nathan. I think that's the most excited intern has ever given in uh, in, uh, in in continuation. We've been having a good streak. Last episode, you sharded all over the place. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know what to do, people. You go check us out online. You download more of our episodes. You listen to more of us because we are, let's face it, engaging and entertaining. Yeah, we don't tell you how to find us. You have to come and find us. It makes us more special. That's true. Yeah, and we play fun clips like this one. Rose, sister Rose. Of course. Another plant. Rose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. You guys have a theme going on in this island. Gotta do a, a lost trailers Nick Cage edition. Oh, yeah, man. no, it's ready. There's there's this new HP Lovecraft movie that he's in that's yep. actually getting decent reviews at yep. uh, TIFF. So yeah, that's gonna be one of them, and I have to put together the other four from the multitude. There's a lot to select from. He's a machine, this man. Oh, I want to see Nick Cage and Jeffrey Combs in, an, in, another, in another Lovecraft movie before I die. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, that's it, folks. We bid you adieu. Thanks for joining us. And good night. Just keep doing it. That was a damn near perfect episode. I get it. Another plant.